Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. I hope you are well. I hope all is good with you in your world. Um, today, I want to talk about Psalm 121. It just I was just like thinking, what would I have to talk about this morning? And I just felt, let me share one of my um, go-to psalms. You know, they have a, they're, they're about six or three three or four psalms that are like my go-to psalms the psalms that i use when i am in a situation where i need to reaffirm who god is in my life and what he does you know it's just like a calming um you know scripture chapter or i mean that i charming verses set of verses that i use in those times when I just need to bring the presence of God upon my life and my heart. And you know, words are so powerful. Words are powerful. I am a communications consultant by profession and I use words. So words are, I live with words, I breathe words. And it's amazing to me when, when the Bible says that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So when it says um, it says the worlds were framed by the word of God, it's so, it's, you know, you look at it and you'd be like, really, this universe was created by the words of God, word of God. How is that possible? But I I, I realize that even in my secular profession, words are so powerful. Nations make commitments on the basis of words. People trade in all manner of things. People commit their lives to one another on the basis of words. In fact, most of the decisions, most of the life-changing things that we make, you know, I mean, literally, if you want to move from one country to the other, it's because some country has written on a piece of paper that you are permitted to come into that country. And that piece of paper that carries those words is what gives you access to travel across the ocean. The tickets that you we use to fly, everything, it's all words. Words govern our entire life. And the Bible says that. I'll, I'll get the scripture and I'll put it in the description. It says the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things that are not visible were actually made, um, things that are visible were made by things that are invisible, even his word and his glory. And he also tells us in the book of Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21 that death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So the word of God says it that the worlds were framed by his word and that things generally move, the order of things in life are governed by words. But I also see it in my life. I mean, it's visible. It's one of those things that are in the Bible that you can actually see really happen on earth. I don't know about you, but for me, because of the kind of work I do, I see it all the time. So whenever I hear people say things like, oh, I just say anything, I don't care, I just speak my mind, you know, I don't care, I'm, I'm like, well, that's good, it's good to be authentic, it's good to speak your mind, but you also need to realize that words are containers and that they either carry death or life and that they can either heal or kill, they can destroy, they can build or scatter and that they have consequences. You know what I'm saying? So in as much as if it like i i am an advocate of speaking your mind but i will speak up speak my mind for the sake of truth not for the sake to hurt or to harm that would not be my intention it may be to correct it may be to instruct it may be to throw light on something that is wrong 
you know, that is being done, that is wrong, that needs, you know, to be brought to light. But it may not be to, it's not, my intention will not be to hurt, to maim. And words can actually kill people. In fact, there are people who are hurting, who have, you know, gone through some horrible experiences and even been pushed to the brink on the virtue of words. So words are powerful. So I find there's some scriptures, which is what brought me back to Psalm 121, that when I'm just in that space where I just know that I need the presence of God, I don't want to, I don't want to pray. Uh, I can't pray. I'm just, my mind is too much. I just read Psalm 121. I had to do that early this morning. And it's, it, it just, I don't know what it does. It's almost like somebody just pours, like I, it's like I, I go under a spiritual shower. The, it, it just really just flows over me. And I hardly ever need to say it twice. That once is enough. I, you know, it, it's just the most amazing thing to me. So I, I just figured I'd read that once I'm 21 and maybe we meditate on it and see where the Lord takes us on this. Um, it will be a very short um, episode. Typically, we wouldn't want to do more than 15 minutes. I don't even think we'll reach to that much. So let's read what Psalm 121. It says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow my foot to be moved. He that keeps me will not slumber. Behold, he that keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is my keeper. The Lord is my shade upon my right hand. The sun shall not smite me by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will preserve me from all evil. He will preserve my soul. The Lord will preserve my going out and my coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Amen. Now, you notice that I think this was one of the Psalms of David. And he was talking about, and I, which is why I said I, I, I read this psalm when um, I just know that I need the presence of God. I may not even understand what's going on. And he says, I will lift up my eyes onto the hills. That to the hills means it's like, you know, those times at night when you just really look up to the universe and you're like, who is going to help me? What am I going to do? You know, what what's going on? And he says, I lift up my eyes onto the hills. In this period of, you know, desolation, helplessness and all that. Where does my help come from? And you now affirm, my help comes from the Lord. At this time when no one else can help me. In this situation where no one has the power to, even if they have the will to, they are unable to. I need the help that only God can give. So he says, my help comes from that Lord. You now call him the maker of heaven and earth. And you see, that's the thing. People can ascribe anything to themselves. The devil can call himself whoever he wants to call himself. Presidents, nations, rulers can call themselves. But there is only one creator. There is only one personality, there is only one being that made the heavens and the earth, and that is Jehovah. And every religion, every whatever on the face of the planet that believes in, you know, the existence of a supreme being, believes at least agrees that there is one person. It's not one person that created the heavens and the earth. Elohim, Jehovah, whatever, you know. So he says, my help comes from that Lord. He says, he will not allow my foot to be moved. Now, verse 3 is the confession that a, a covenant child of God can make. Because that that is you. And of course, I think this was David. Because, I mean, David had that sort of covenant relationship with the Lord. And we also have that covenant relationship in Christ. And he said, you know, he will not allow my foot to be moved. And for me, 
you know, this is whenever I read this verse three, even now I'm coming out in goosebumps because it's true. This is what God has done in my life. He does not allow my foot to be moved. I am one of the most unmovable people on the planet. And not because I am so strong. In fact, I am the weakest person you can ever meet. As in really, I and I know a lot of people who know me will be like, you know, Shala, how can you be saying this? But I know, I know. God knows. God knows the journey that we're going through every day. He knows that a lot of what I do is not because I have the strength to do it or the will to do it or the power to do it. He knows that, you know, the role he plays in my life to get me up and function and do life in the midst of all that has happened, is going on and stuff, it is God, you know, so he knows. But it is God. He doesn't allow me. Situations have come to try to shake me, to try to destroy me, to try to unlodge me, to, you know, to make me unable to function mentally, emotionally, physically. But Jehovah, the God that made the heavens and the earth, he does not allow it. He doesn't allow it. They can do anything. I mean, the winds can blow, the clouds can fall, the whatever, but he does not allow my foot to be moved. In the midst of all of that turmoil, he's making me do things. I am still functioning as in I am functioning. In fact, Whenever I talk about the fact that the last two years were very difficult, within that difficult time, the Lord made me birth a company and a consulting firm. Within that time, the Lord took me on a spiritual journey. Within that time, we started this podcast by the grace of God and listeners all over the world. Modest audience, very small, but I thank God for every heart, every life that has been in touch with this. Only God could have done it. Within what was the most challenging time in my life, I have been my most fruitful on earth. Fruitful in terms of impact to the lives of others. Fruitful in terms of giving of my heart, giving of my soul, giving of my life. This has been the most fruitful time of my life, but it has been the most emotionally draining, the most psychologically tasking, the most difficult Yet, it has been my most fruitful. And I would think I would say also my most fulfilling. I think I can say that now. So he did not allow my foot to be moved. And, you know, David was also went through a very difficult time when he was writing this psalm. So he was expressing something that I, God knew many of us throughout the ages will be at a point in our lives when we need to express that. And he allowed David to speak those words by inspiration of the Holy Ghost. So that he could speak to the ages and the lives of people like me who would live thousands of years afterwards. He says, he that keepeth, and what I do when I read these Psalms, I personalize it. So even though it says, he that keeps you will not slumber, I, I, I receive it and I say, he that keeps me will not slumber. And it's true. The Lord of the heavens and the Lord of the earth, he doesn't slumber, he doesn't sleep, he doesn't take a nap. Thank goodness he doesn't. Imagine what will happen to the world if it took, I mean, like a nap. He says, but the person that keeps it, so what he's saying is, and you know why I like um, um, mid, mid, um, Hebrew, the way the New, um, New Testament or the Bible write, um, Bible authors write is because they write with the same kind of language that we use in Africa and Nigeria. So I understand he's speaking, this doesn't really translate well in English, but I understand it because it speaks with the, um, how would I say, the sort of 
lens that we come from. We also say this in my language when we say somebody's, um, you know, they usually say it in the context of like the ancestors that are watching over you are not asleep. So when, you know, particularly for people who've lost their, par- lost their parents, when certain things are happening and they're protected or things just happen like something sh- like they were protected, you know, people normally say to them that, oh, your ancestors were not asleep or your, you know, your departed mom is not asleep. So what we're saying is wherever she is, she's, she's watching over you. So that's what he's saying here. And I, I read it to that. So he's saying that the God in the heavens who is your father as well as your God who is the protector and the preserver of your life, of my life he will not sleep on duty, he will not be a watchman that will fall asleep not on his watch will your foot be moved no matter what comes against you, no matter what comes against me, no matter what comes against us, he will not allow that foot that he has placed on the ground in the land in which he has promised you he has planted you in the space on the earth that he has made you exist. He will not allow us to be moved. Verse 4 says, He that keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Again, this is coming back to the covenant. So the children of Israel were under the covenant of Moses at this time. We are the children of covenant under the covenant of Christ, the New Testament covenant. So he that keeps the children of the Christian, the children of, of um, the followers of Christ, the children of God shall neither slumber nor sleep. He says, the Lord is, a, is my keeper. He's my shade upon my right hand. You know what it means? Oh Lord, I'm, I'm just loving this. And please just bear with me while I'm doing this. Because this is me just reflecting on the beauty of this word. And I know that the Lord is healing me. I can feel his power and his presence even as I speak. And you know, he says, the Lord is my shade upon my right hand. So a shade is something that protects you. A shade is something that shields you. I mean, in Nigeria, like in Africa, sometimes the sun comes out and you're like, it's so, it's so hot. It's like it's ready to kill someone. It's like a lethal weapon. You literally come out and you feel the sun beating you. In fact, in my language, we have, which is Yoruba, by the way, we have a um, saying where we say, don't let the sun kill you. So it's it, 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 um, the, the, how would I say, the, the translation, proper translation means this, don't let the sun beat you. So get out of the sun before it beats you. But the flip side of that word can actually be don't let the sun kill you. Because sometimes the, the sun is so hot here that the, you can actually feel the, the heat burning, almost burning your skin, almost. I mean, you can actually feel the heat of the sun on your skin. And you know how hot the sun must be for the rays of the sun to come all the way out and hit you. So it says that that Lord is the shade that prevents you and I from being hit by the rays of a very bright sun, like the kind of sun we have in Lagos, Nigeria. And he goes on in verse 6 to explain that. He says, the sun shall not smite you by day. That, in fact, that's the word. The sun <laughs> in Nigeria, sometimes in Lagos particularly, it really smites you. It's like it's beating you. It's like it's pounding you. Sometimes it's fiery, but sometimes it does come close and you can actually feel the rain, the rays like beating you. It's like the difference between, you know, when the rain is like really beating you and sometimes it's just coming slowly. The sun really does beat. So it says it shall not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. Well, actually the moon doesn't really smite us here, so I can't relate to that. But the sun by day, yes. 
Verse 7 says, the Lord will preserve you from all evil. And I think that's just it. He shall preserve your soul. You know, I love David. I love him. I so love him. I love him with all of my heart. I love him so much that one of my first son actually called him David. Because the heart of the psalmist is almost like I could have written these verses myself. In all of the books, and there are a lot of books I love in the Bible. I really do love a lot of books in the Bible. But the Psalms has a special place. We even have a musing called, one of the first musings we did was a musing called the seven psalms where i talked about how the lord taught me how to read the seven psalms when i was in a situation when i really needed god to just intervene and you know really intervene and just destroy whatever it is the enemy was planning he would you know he taught me how to read the first seven psalms and i would read it and personalize it and literally whatever it is i was going through to change there is power in the word of god and for me Ah, Lord have mercy. When I see how much we've moved away from the fundamentals of what Christianity is, we have made ourselves so powerless. So powerless because we've moved away from the things that God gave us that has power and gone to go and face the other things that have no power of their own. But they're just, we're just going around in circles, picking up cans and making it look like we're busy. But we've, and, and that's why the church today, we're just, we're just a place where people go to go and sing and dance. No one with any serious problem is coming to the church for solutions as it used to be in those days. And it's because we've moved away from the word. Because the word of God is powerful. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 that it is alive and it is powerful. I can preach this, I can say this to anybody in the world because I have experienced it deep personal troubles, deep personal trauma, deep personal situations, applying the word of God, the power in the word of God, it has a power. I, I myself, I don't understand it, but it has an ability to come into a situation and just change it. And it's happened to me so many times that you can't even convince me that it's a coincidence because when I bring in the power of God, it changes. Whether it was depression, whether it was the way I was feeling, whether it was a situation, whether it was an oppression of the mind of someone close to me. I have seen the word of God work in situations where every other thing has failed. Every other thing. And when I say every other thing, (laughs) believe me, particularly medical, you know, the things that you would expect that would, would work, did not work. So I I think this is really me talking to myself and the Holy Spirit really reminding me that no matter what it is I'm going through, no matter what it is my, my day, my week, my month is like, I must never forget that the worlds were framed by the word of God and that this life, the power of death and life still is in words. And that the word of God is alive, it is powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It can pierce through the situations of my life and of my heart in a way that destroys anything that is not of God, that is being planted, that has been planted and needs to be uprooted. And that at the end of the day, I cannot access the power of God outside of the word of God. And that the kind of deliverance that I need is not anywhere, it's not in heaven, it's not far away. It's not in, in the ocean. It's not in one special holy place. But it's in my mouth. It's the word of God in my mouth and in my heart. And there's actually a scripture that says exactly what I've just said. I'm just paraphrasing. 
and I'll put that in the description. It says the word that we speak is nigh unto you, the word of faith. It, you know, we don't need to ask that somebody should go to one holy mountain somewhere and get it for you, or go to one temple or one building. That it is nigh unto us, and that's what God has done by actually allowing and inspiring the men of old to write His word in books so that it is available to us on our smartphones, on our desktops, in our Bibles, on our shelves, wherever it may be. But it can only work when it is in my mouth, when it is in my heart. And I end with verse 8, which says, The Lord will preserve my going out and my coming in from this time forth and forevermore. I like verse 7, the, the, the second to the last verse, because it says, You will preserve my soul. That preservation of my soul has been what has kept me over these past two years because in these past two years there was an attack on my soul attack on my mind attack on my emotions attack on my mental state of mind i had never experienced it in this way before but it was the lord the word of god that preserved my soul i take joy anytime i get into the bible and i i i it's, i get lost in that world and it not only provides a physical and a mental escape for me but it heals my soul and it preserves my soul as well. I think the what I have to trust God and begin to, you know, do as the days go by is to realize that this is something, the word of God is not something I do only when I need it. But like food, you eat it, you, you eat to survive. And, and that's what Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I understand that now. Because at the end of the day, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? A broken heart, no one can heal. If, no matter how healthy and whatever I am, if I am not healthy in my soul, then I am sick. And what will preserve my soul in the time of trouble, in the time of challenge, in the time of crisis, is that which is greater than me and that which is also greater than that which I face. And that is the word of God. So, thank you very much for listening. God bless you. I pray that this has been a blessing to you. And that the Lord will lead as many that this word is went out for. He will lead them to this recording and they will be blessed in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Stay lifted and have a wonderful day. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.